0: Open the options menu, then select How to Play. Welcome to this game where, with me, Chris, and
1: me, Ashley. Hello, everybody. Hello, Chris.
0: We're in the How to Play menu, aren't we? Of every game,
1: you and me. Yeah. I frequently have to find the manuals.
0: Do you games that have manuals these days? Oh, for me, right? Okay, right, okay.
1: When we're playing these old, when we're playing these older games, yeah, you're always like, "How do I do it? What am I doing?" I want a manual to read. What's the story?
0: I know, right? What about death of a game?
1: People aren't going to know that that was me, are they? I did such a blinding <laughs> performance of you.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. How are you?
1: I, I'm i fantastic. Fabulous. <laughs> sure? Fabulous. Yeah. Good. How are you?
0: I'm, I'm, I'm all right, well, thank you. What have I
1: asked you? I feel like I all asked. I don't know you
0: anymore. There. I've been thrown already. hope this okay as well.
1: Be couldn't care less.
0: Yes, she could. There you
1: go. Nah. Nah.
0: Move on. All right, then. Do you want to start doing the game the you going to hate? Whoa.
1: <laughs>
0: Dropping the bombs.
1: Yeah, all right. Go on, then. Uh, Tell me what it is. Am I going to know what it is?
0: Possibly. I
1: won't interrupt you during your thing. I've got a very bad habit of interrupting you in there because I get excited because I know it already. I it, feel like it's a game.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a game.
1: It is. No, it's... no. I mean, I feel like it's a game. Oh, where we we're like, oh, we got to guess. We have got to guess. See how quickly we can get it. But right, it's not really, is it? It's part of the format so the viewer can. That, as we said, the, the viewer that the, the, the listener. listener will
0: know because they'll have seen it in the description and the the lovely yeah. artwork that you do and the um, and everything. Really, it's just for me and the.
1: I guess. Yeah, Problem. the
0: whole the whole thing's just shot through. This week it's this game where you swim around the seven seas. There is a vague ecological theme. Stars an anthropomorphic mudskipper.
1: Oh, I mean, I was thrown by the end of that. Um, is, huh, huh. I mean, I thought it was Echo, but then you said about an anthropomorphic mudskipper. I don't know a game with mudskippers in, unless it's James Pond and (gasps) something that I didn't realise he was. I thought he was a goldfish.
0: Is he not a goldfish? He's a mudskipper.
1: Is he? So is it James Pond? Is it James Pond 2?
0: It is James Pond 1, the first one. Ah,
1: okay. Did you have more than one James Pond?
0: Yeah, the first two.
1: Yeah, so James Pond 2 is the one that's set in the North Pole.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Santisfactory. Okay.
1: Okay. Awesome. That's okay. the one that you hate.
0: Have you played the first one?
1: Do I hate it? Did I say I hated
0: it? You've you said multiple times that it's, uh, it grinds your gears.
1: Have I? Are you sure? Yeah,
0: probably. Unless, I... I'm, ga- on, you Unless just... I'm gaslighting you <laughs> unintentionally. Mm, no, I'm I sure. Not. I'm sure you've said that you don't like it.
1: Well, maybe I have. I haven't played it for a while. I definitely bought it on the Wii, having played it at my friend Jason's house. Uh the the,
0: the Jason.
1: that the, the Jason of of uh Scottish ancestry. I played it at his house first and really we really used to like it. We used to play it a, a fair amount whenever we were playing on the Mega Drive. But I then bought it on the Wii and I don't think that I really enjoyed it there. But I think hate is quite a strong word. Oh, okay. I don't know if I've ever said hate.
0: But, but that's the second one anyway, so it's uh, it's a moot point. It's not and, even this one. i not until, even sure and, i played this one. Until we come to the second one. Yes, it's uh, James, James Pond. The game that surely was titled first, then game second. James Pond.
1: Probably fair, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is a 1990 platformer that released on the Amiga, the Atari, the Acorn Archimedes, and the Mega Drive. And I played it on the Acorn Archimedes. Hooray!
1: Yay, of course you did.
0: On my Acorn games. Yeah, I did. But I played it only sporadically because there was a there was a weird thing coins s- strapping there was a weird thing with the game where um so obviously it was an acorn which we had back in the early 90s uh, this is a game i played i was for about five or six last time i played this game i think maybe a little bit older but not very much and the the acorn obviously you know back in the day you got this this big hulking cit monitor one of those ones with, where it's the white plastic that's gone to like a weird yellowy brown color for reasons that no one really knows why you know the ones Yep.
1: yep mm, yep
0: and that's what I played all the Acorn games on, the Repton and um, other Acorn games that I can't remember off the top of my head. My Professor Mariarty, Pipe Mania. James Pond, for some reason, would not load with that monitor. Where well, you, you put the disc into the acorn and it just it wouldn't work. So the only way I had to play this game was I had to With um, that monitor? With that monitor, it would not work. The monitor was the issue. The monitor was the issue. It was the output. That particular monitor. So the only way I could play this game was to I wasn't to get my dad in a good mood, but he always wasn't a good mood. I had to sort of basically I had to get him to take the acorn downstairs and plug it into the telly. So that was a bit of a pain for him to do. So I had to, you know, sort of ask him on occasion because if it was something that he did a lot, I I I understood that it was a bit of a, a bit of a pain for him to you know, take it downstairs and uh, uh, have to unplug it upstairs and then replug it in da- downstairs also my mum would probably be watching home and away or neighbours because that's what she spent uh, a lot of the early 90s doing it, it felt like to me at the age of five anyway and if she was watching that then obviously i couldn't be sat there playing james pond in, in the front room so um yeah it's a game we had in the acorn but i didn't really play it that much just because of this weird crt issue
1: yeah so why did you ever get to the bottom of why it wasn't loading on the monitor.
0: I was five. I I had no clue whatsoever. (laughs) I just knew. very good delivery.
1: Thank you. I mean, incidentally, I wouldn't have been able to do that either. But my mum used to really love showing off about the fact that when I was at reception, which is what, like four or five years old? Yeah, yeah. We had a computer for the school and the computer was as by necessity on wheels and would get wheeled from place to place. And then for some reason... Would need setting back up. I don't know why they were dismantling it on the way between <laughs> right. uh, places. But my mum loves to tell loved to tell people that they the teachers in reception would use would come and get me to set up the computer. Nice for them. So in in reception, I was setting up the computer for the teachers.
0: Which surely would have been just a case of plugging it in wherever it had been wheeled to, just plug it into the power and That's- press.
1: I I seem to remember. I can't. I think I don't know if it was a BBC Micro or whether it was some kind of acorn system or something. But on the back of the computer, there were color coded inputs. So I don't know why they were disconnecting those inputs. I don't even know. I don't don't know if it was necessary to do that. But also, they were color coordinated like there was a pink, a yellow, and a blue one, and the pink one strangely went in the input that had the pink outline around it uh, it was a sticker pink outline pink
0: input i, I can picture it perfectly
1: blue outline blue input maybe all teachers so were so colorblind i don't think they were i don't think they were i think that they were technophobic possibly but why a five year why is a five-year-old i we didn't even
0: have a computer in our house but they were doing their bidding
1: we had an amstrad we had an Amstrad computer with one game.
0: What what was it that you were playing in, in school or, or what was it that the school were using the computer for? Because I remember having a we had a BBC Micro in, in my reception class and I remember there was a, a game involving Humpty Dumpty and there were a few other games on the computers as I moved up the school. Um, obviously yeah. kind of going from well, obviously going from like nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety seven when I left primary school, the, the gap between the Humpty Dumpty two D platformer type game I was playing in reception through to mid to late 90s, there's, a uh, you know, went up uh, quite a lot in terms of quality. Yeah,
1: Lemmings, Lemmings was I... a
0: game I played at school as well. Sorry, carry on.
1: You've told me that before. and yeah. I, I guess I understand, like, it sort of, like, there's a degree. What is it? Logic? I don't know. What Problem sort of solving. Are they? Problem solving. So that's how they get it under the radar, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it was just the rage, wasn't it, to have computers in schools, and now they're dealing mm. with the opposite, which is computers in everybody's pockets and wanted to get them not in schools and anyway. schools and
0: schools that have massive rooms that were full of computers that are lapped desktop computers that are now all gone so they've got rooms that have now been repurposed something else because 10 mm. 20 years ago they were big old rooms full of desktops and now they're not
1: yeah i mean that's that the transition uh, Hmm, very interesting it, it would be interesting genuinely to me to ha- to sort of look at how technology has disrupted and Changed the school like actually in a, in a physical way because you're right, actually, they won't have computer suites now, will they? No, necessarily, no, weird.
0: One, one of the things I find the most unusual is you know, my, my, my daughter's playing or using something related to school and trying to get it to save. You think I mean, Microsoft Word, for example, is a perfect uh, example, mm. and save is the floppy disk icon, and then you try yes. to. And then you're trying to explain what a floppy disk is. And it's technology that, you know, even in kind of the, the, the late 90s was pretty much obsolete. And it's still the same icon. Yeah,
1: so, sort of, yeah. I Yeah. I mean, we had a floppy disk on our first computer. Yeah. Not not even the one that we were given, but the first one we were bought. The, the floppy disk hung around for a long time. I, I when when my mom uh, did die, we were sort of clean, clearing through uh, things and we did find a floppy disk with um the word letters on it right we still don't know what's on that floppy disk i've got it upstairs because we don't have a floppy disk drive and i considered buying a, a usb floppy disk drive to see if i could uh look on this floppy disk but i also kind of don't really necessarily want to know Pandora's like it, box. it's either yeah, it's it's. I can't see why I would want to read whatever it might be because it <laughs> it could well be like really boring, mundane letters like to the council or some to the to the water board or something like she's dealing with some bills. That would be the best thing I think I could find because the alternative is like love letters or some kind of thing. I don't want to read that shit.
0: Ignorance is bliss.
1: Yeah, but we have still got it upstairs, so if ever. The curiosity does get the better of me. Amazon, well, I will go. It well, was Pob, by the way, the uh, the Acorn or BBC Micro. It was definitely a BBC Micro that I remember playing Pob right. on. Pob was like a tomato-faced um, circle that you could give. I'm sure I've told you about this before. You could give him um, commands. So walk, and he would sprout legs, and he would walk for a little while, and then he would plant himself back down, and the, the best one on there was explode, he would hold his breath, and he <laughs> would go slightly, from red, he would go slightly purple, and then he would explode, and all little tiny bits of him would bounce around the screen, and then he would re co- uh, recollect himself in the middle of the screen, and just be uh, as normal. Pob.
0: Cool. Well, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I can't remember what game we're playing. What were we
0: playing? James <laughs> we're Pond. Playing. We're playing James Pond, which was on floppy disk on the acorn. There we go. I brought it, it back. I've because clawed of the it monitor. back. Because of the silly monitor. Yeah. So, because of the silly monitor, the game had this weird mystique around it because I didn't get much opportunity to play it. And the other thing that made this game really... Um, sort of tantalizing for me was the game is full as i said a few minutes ago that i suspect this game was a name first then game afterwards the game is full of james bond puns and like so for example that the the baddie is called dr maybe huh you see what they've done there
1: oh yes
0: and in the manual, which you, you were ridden me about at the start of the the uh, the episodes, this is a nice little callback as well. The manual had a list of all the levels in the game with a brief pretty of what each level's about. And um, I, I remember asking my dad to explain them all to me. So there was like License to Bubble. So my dad's now having to explain to me what that's a reference to. Uh, license a, to Bubble. A View to a Spill. Because the game's got this ecological message that the plot is that Doctor Maybe, in a kind of vaguely terrorist type uh, move, is threatening to uh, pump radiation and toxic waste into all the seas, which is uh, a nice little uh, political message of what's going on today, am I right? <laughs>
1: Um, I mean, maybe, yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so you had a view to a spill, uh, leak, and let die, and then I remember this one very clearly—a a, level called from Sellafield with love, because uh, you know, old British nuclear disaster. Let's let's uh, call a uh, call level in the game after that, say eh? that's 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 good, good yucks.
1: Sellafield is a blind spot for me. What happened at Sellafield?
0: Well, I did I googled, it set on fire. I googled it because I wasn't completely sure it was a a big old nuclear disaster in in the uh, in. Uh, somewhere in time i can't remember
1: <laughs> okay fine so yeah. it's, a, it's a blind spot in in
0: your well i, I know a bit mm. more than you from the sounds of it but yeah n- nuclear disaster something something I britain, set britain set something fire. something maybe but mm. well, i could, when i was googling it earlier, I, I i put in something like was Sellafield britain's worst nuclear disaster and there was one that was considered more bad than that but Sellafield, what was that it, one uh i can't remember if you the w it was in the 50s but Sutterfield was still a pretty bad one, and for James Pond to then reference that it just felt a bit tasteless.
1: Yeah, they're having a little bit of fun with nuclear disasters. Yeah,
0: it's like yeah. Um,
1: I can't even remember. I can't. I can't think of a James Pond pun involving Chernobyl. If I could, I, I'd make it for you now.
0: Uh, uh, Doctor Chernobyl. There you go.
1: Yeah, that kind of works. What about Bo Paul, could you do a Bo Paul one? Not. Not technically nuclear but chemical
0: skyfall Paul
1: <laughs> doesn't work it does <laughs> move work. on there, you okay, go. move, move
0: on so yeah so also this this conversation i had with my dad where i was i was getting to explain each of these things i mean i, I didn't even understand yeah, the words you know for leak and let die i was five what does what, it mean to if there's a leak yeah, i didn't understand the james bond reference nor the actual words that are being used so the whole thing just got very muddied and confused and uh yeah it's just a just a bit of a strange old time with this game really
1: mm. cool
0: yeah i do Good. D- distinctly remember though another memory i've got of this game is that we must at some point i think i borrowed the mega drive version a bit later on in the 90s off uh, of someone and i can remember using the level select in the mega drive to go through the game because as i've said when i played this initially i was five or six and i I don't think i ever even completed the first level And on the Mega Drive version, I was using a level select cheat to go through all the levels and just have a little dab with each of them. And while doing that, my gran had come round and she brought around some treacle tart. And I remember sitting eating some treacle tart, playing James Pond and having a blooming great time.
1: That is, it's hard to make you sound more middle class and British. (laughs) (laughs) But you have just managed it. (laughs) Yeah, well done. Did you have a uh, cup of tea?
0: No, not, not at that time. I, I wasn't really into tea until a little bit no. later in my life. I really want treacle tart now.
1: You really want a treacle tart? I
0: really, really do. i have just having just said it two or three times in the last minute. I, I really want some.
1: All the shops are closed. It's Sunday. Yeah. What can you do? You can't do anything about it. You're going to have to bake yourself one. Uh, I, I, I'll look, I'll, I'll give it 40 minutes. You, I'll see you when you get back.
0: All right, you, you fill for forty minutes. I'll go and uh, yeah, all box right the then. shops. Yeah, yeah, all right. Anyway, James Pond, not yeah. a goldfish.
1: Um, mudkipper, mudkippers, they mud skipper, they. Same thing, in it, aren't they? The same.
0: I Don't think so.
1: What is the other name for a mudskipper? I don't think a mudskipper is the even other thing. name for a mudskipper. A mudkipper. Mud mudkipper. Mud sorry. Mud. Mudkip. is a Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> it's based on mudskippers, that's where that's come from. <laughs>
0: oh, that's, that's
1: what's that's what's lodged in my brain there. Yep, mudkip, mudskipper. So mudskippers—they're the ones that um, they like get big globs of wet mud in their mm. mouth and then get yep. out onto the. Poof, poof. And do they are they also one of the fish that has like a <sighs> proto lung? Of some kind. They have, like, an air oh, sac that they can use to breathe outside of water.
0: One of the ones that's kind of like a, a link in evolutionary terms. Possibly, I yeah. I think you might be There's, right, yeah. Uh,
1: and they can also, obviously, they can live outside of water for a period of time. They And they, they bury themselves in the river beds of...
0: Yes. Yeah. Well it, it makes the what well, in the plot of the game James Pond is approached by the British secret service to to take on Dr Maybe who is the head of the Acme Oil company and pumping out all this waste etc so actually if he is able to breathe both in water and out water that does kind of make him the perfect foil to Dr Maybe potentially does it uh, ap- so apparently do also, as part of the game, the sequences where you have to seduce mermaids, which is, again, a reference to James Bond's um, big answer when the mermaids are d- double agents. I don't remember that happening in the game, but that sounds a bit... Uh, I don't know what the word is. Just...
1: Meh. Tawdry.
0: Yeah, tawdry. So, it'll be interesting um, to see if that skippers, comes out of the wash.
1: This is a good time to say this. Um, David Attenborough is in the news at the moment. He is. Um... And there was a, there was an Attenborough something or other that looked at mudskippers and looked at the um, mating habits of the mudskipper. And they, have you ever seen a mudskipper? Have you actually ever seen yeah, a yeah. mudskipper yeah. Yeah, well in
0: not, not in real life. I've seen them on the old uh, David Attenborough programs.
1: Yeah, so if you were to describe a mudskipper, how would you describe it?
0: Uh, Not, not so pretty.
1: Not so pretty, a little bit bland, a little bit brown, a little bit mud-based. Yeah. Well, it's this f- is the old mud skipper when it's trying to get get it on.
0: Oh, is it one of those where it's, uh, it goes all colourful?
1: Oh, yeah. How, how cool does that look? I mean, it still looks weird. It definitely so looks Ash- like a Pokemon.
0: Ashley's just sent, there's a, a link, BBC One, Nature's Greatest Dancers, the great blue-spotted mud skipper if you wanted to... to- play along at home
1: it's it's pretty cool
0: there we go and mud skippers do a high jump as well so
1: yeah they do and they sort of pull themselves along the mud when they're just being normies
0: yeah again that's the kind of evolution thing isn't it it's almost like a, a forearm yeah. yeah
1: yep yeah they're pretty cool mud skippers I'm, I'm well in favor i'm glad that james pond is a mud skipper
0: <laughs> not a goldfish
1: Mm, yeah, they're pretty boring. In, in in you know, like in general sense, isn't it?
0: Aren't they? Pretty, pretty much. My um, my uh, wife's family's got a good story. Her, my sister-in-law, um, ha- won a goldfish at the fair in the in the mid nineties. when that was a thing. Get a goldfish in the wow. fair. Wow. Yeah. And they they took it home and then. Uh, my other sister-in-law, my wife's got two sisters, uh, with the goldfish were bobbing about in the tank, and uh, the older sister thought that the fish looked a bit thirsty, so she poured some orange juice into the tank.
1: And did it live?
0: What do you think?
1: Um, it depends on how much orange juice there was.
0: Um, for, for the outcome of the story, let's just say it was quite a lot of orange juice. Oh. It was It was a very thirsty little fish.
1: Oh. So the fish is dead? The fish, the fish dies.
0: <laughs> if you're still alive, you're 25 years after being one of the funfair. That'd be pretty good going.
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know how long goldfish live. But I don't think they are think like a they're... They're carp, aren't they? That's, I'm going to find out. You carry on. You do fill, and I'll find out about goldfish. I'll, I'll, I'll carp on I bet sh- they're like... interesting, really. Mm-hmm. I bet. I've just mm-hmm. poo pooed goldfish, and they're probably pretty interesting. I mean, you know about the goldfish, they grow to the size of their container. So if you mm. let them out into the wild, they can grow obscene obscenely large they just made me think like of a regular of, carp
0: of, of dentist waiting rooms and chinese restaurants just bobbing about in the tank
1: Dentist waiting rooms and chinese restaurants
0: yeah they're my phrase of reference for goldfish
1: chinese restaurants
0: mm. yeah you've been Which to a chinese, chinese restaurant. restaurants loads of them
1: Mm-mm.
0: right i'm going to go back to talk about jade's ponds because we we uh we keep going off on Tangents at uh, J's Pond developed by Millennium Interactive, who are based near, who were I should say, based near Cambridge, and develops lots of early to mid nineties platforms and adventure games. For example, Super Troll Islands, Rome: Pathway to Power, uh, Kid Gloves, and DEFCON Five. And then, interestingly, they developed Medieval.
1: Ah, oh, okay, that it- I get. I see the line there. Mm. I have got you, my hand up, yeah. Are you
0: not? Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. Are you not keen on Medieval? Okay. No. Oh, I really like Medieval. And, and uh, no. they were then bought by Sony in 1997 for £6 million and then became Sony Computer Entertainment Cambridge. They developed several games after that fact, including Medieval 2, obviously. And then there's a third Medieval that came out on the PSP called Resurrection 2005, which I had never heard of until doing my notes for this. They also developed a port of Little Big Planet for the PSP and then became Gorilla Cambridge in twenty twelve and then closed in twenty seventeen. So Aye. a long and storied career, but sadly no more. Right, yes, you got your hands up.
1: Ten to fifteen years, generally, with some varieties living up to thirty years.
0: Jeez.
1: So depending on what they got from the fair true, they well, have still been alive.
0: And you have got another Pokemon link. There, you have got that uh, Magikarp in Pokemon that turns into that hulking, great blue one that smashes That's, everything yeah. in its path. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. what's that? What's that one called? Do you remember Gyarados? Yeah, I remember the scene in Detective Pikachu where they they have the the Magikarp. Yeah, and everyone's they set like, him yeah, off. Don't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm that's times. Uh,
1: they're apparently gonna get a sequel though they're, they're, um, there's rumors being fly by that this It's weekend. in the works yeah yeah mm. which
0: is which is good because it was a great film that was it so was fun memories of the game itself i can remember there's a level where bluebeard's ghost is chasing you and remember that being quite cool. There's a level where you have to use, um, presumably the oil spill level, we have to use sponges to bunk up holes in the oil platform as well. I just remember just like bobbing about in the sea, a bit like Echo, you can go above the sea and then jump back in again. It hmm. looks quite cartoony uh, from what I remember. Um,
1: I'm almost certain that I haven't played this one.
0: Okay. It's, it's very different gameplay wise to the second one which I played an awful awful lot this one as I said I didn't get much opportunity to play it but uh, mm. the the second one's much more a runnable run, run platform, and this one's got those underwater elements I guess Echo which you said at the start of the episode is quite a good reference point my, my last point is about the music the music is by the sadly now deceased Richard Joseph who was a big cheese in the English game music scene in the early 90s or throughout the 90s I should say he some of his accolades are that he was the person who spearheaded the first use of voice actors in a computer game which was megalomania he helped musicians who are were from the world of music who then went on to do stuff in games he helped them understand how to translate their musical talent and ability into something that would work in a game for example he helped he helped brian may make the music for rise of the robots
1: wow good link ridiculous (laughs) yep brian may didn't didn't make enough music for the rise for rise of the robots that's what i remember from that yep so mr joseph needs to
0: have a word (laughs) he set up the audio interactive studio at pinewood studios he provided the soundtrack for cannon fodder on the game boy color which was nominated for a bafta and is to date the only portable soundtrack ever bafta nominated his his brother eddie joseph worked on as a sound supervisor on um, in a nice moment of serendipity, the James Bond films and also some huh. of the some of the Harry Potter oh, films, or, oh, some right. of the Harry Potter films, which will be useful for the second half when we talk about what happens James Bond um, after the fact. So just lodge that in your mind, Harry Potter.
1: Okay. But, um, so Richard Joseph worked on James Bond and yes. his brother, Mr. His, Joseph.
0: His, his brother did film stuff, film film music, and Richard worked on jo- James Bond. And worked on James Bond. Richard Joseph. The game brother who works on james and ponds
1: so they then have to come together sort of every other <laughs> christmas and sit at the same table with this with the same parents and presumably richard joseph has to get the same old
0: um, I, I guess so there's maybe some confusion between oh i've been on james ponds what have you been on oh, i've been on james Bond.
1: yeah me too no, James Bond, the real <laughs> the real thing. Um, incidentally, I'm just looking on his Wikipedia page. He he is he has extensive work mm. on a number of games that people would know, including though the um the two James the other two James Pond uh games. James Bond three, do you do you know anything about James Bond three?
0: Or Operation Starfish.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking James Bond 2. James Bond 2's um Robocod, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I played that, I played that as I say, on the Wii, um, and there's no way to say this, um, but damningly, the music is just straight ripped out of RoboCop. Is it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so Richard Joseph, again, uh, that's strike number two. If we find another one, I'm going to have to <laughs> report him to the feds,
0: or the whoever
1: it is, the MPAA. Nice. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, I've got nothing else to say about James Pond. So, shall we? Uh, shall we give it a go?
1: Dig in. Yeah, yeah I don't dig have, in. I don't. I don't have some puns for fish. Sorry.
0: Uh, hold your breath bloop, and let's bloop, bloop, bloop. hold your breath and let's dive in. There you go. Hey.
1: James Pants. Solid. I say you.
0: Yeah. Is fair. that good?
1: Do you think that's good? I'm. Um, thank you. I it's... this is why we're friends.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm being a cheerleader. It's 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 in line with the, the wordplay of, you know, from Sellerfield with love and a view to a spill, etc isn't it?
1: Yeah. None of them were good, were they?
0: Mm, no. They were bad. Uh, and the game.
1: The game was nah. Nah. Nah.
0: <laughs> the game had some bright parts but they were quickly extinguished by the fog of the bad parts of which there were numerous and many
1: yeah the game was fine at at it like the core of it was fine it it controlled you said nippy and it was nippy in a way that you don't always find of that type of game that caliber of production um it, it controlled in a way that felt like it had been made pretty well
0: especially considering the fact he was underwater like there was no yeah ele- there was no trying to make it appear like he wasn't underwater as soon as he pressed left he would instantly go left uh, which was absolutely perfect it, it really made the f- the first level which was pretty much the only fun level of the game it made the first level very quick to play i could get through the first level when i had to restart the game after losing my lives i got to the first level in about 30 seconds maybe not even that which was good
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I I couldn't find the exit to the first level and that was where my problems really started because the, the first level for anyone that hasn't played hasn't had the pleasure, the privilege of playing James Pond. The first level sees you collecting up keys to let lobsters out of lobster pots. I'm not sure that's how lobster pots work but laying that aside, there are eight lobsters and you have to free a certain number of lobsters in order to be able to get out of the stage.
0: And while you're, do, while you're doing that, there's also a boat at the top of the the ocean, and there's a, a diver that comes out every so often, and will will grab the lobsters that you've not freed yet. So there's a bit of a race against mm. time to try and get the lobsters before they are got by him, because there are was it was, were there eight lobsters, and he had to collect was it four to get through the level. So not it's really fa- sure how many I got. All no, eight. It's, so it's fairly forgiving, but mm. if you're dawdling, you're going to end up with a situation where five of them have been taken by the diver, and you, you snookered.
1: Yeah, so there were a few things that I noticed on this first stage. So the first thing that I noticed was, um, one, it's not absolutely 100% clear, at least on first playing, where the exits are or what the exits might be. You enter the stage, you do get a little clue, but because you enter the stage through this pipe. And then at the, the other end of the stage, there are these two pipes, but there were two pipes, so I wasn't expecting two pipes i also had cleared the stage before i actually got to those pipes so normally if you got there and the stage was still active you hadn't collected enough lobsters there would have been a little lock on each of those pipes and that would disappear once you would collected enough lobsters but because i got all the lobsters before i got to the pipes they just look like random mm, stage makes sense. stage items uh, stage dressing and that was confusing the i was racing as you said i was racing against the diver but also i wasn't really racing against the diver because the diver didn't seem to take any of my lobsters he seemed to be randomly diving into the water i was also at the same time as racing against the diver racing against the clock so there were these two apparent pressures um that, that I was under, but actually, neither of them seemed to be pressures because my clock ran out and I thought that that would be the end of the stage or that I'd lose a life or something like that. I didn't. So, what's that about? It just carried on. It just, yeah, no it just idea. reached zero and went, Yeah, I mean, you haven't found that this, the end, but you're welcome to keep looking.
0: So, we got to zero and then you just carried on. Like, it, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't... Okay, I didn't realise that's what happened. Yeah, that I don't, makes is this, is no there, sense at all.
1: Is there... Like, do you get points? Is it that kind of Sonic win it fast and you get more points sort of situation? And if there you were, get to zero, no points for you?
0: There were screens that came up at the end of the levels to say, like, you know, you, you freed four lobsters, there were eight available, and it did some tallying up of stuff. So I think there was an element of points in there, but I don't think it was particularly... There must have been because there was at the bottom of the screen there was a, a a counter, but it wasn't made particularly clear.
1: No, it certainly wasn't clear. I don't seem to. I do, I've come out of that not knowing whether I was scoring points for going fast or not, and maybe no. that's an issue. That certainly the way that it tots up the points at the end of the stage, it is not. It's not very well communicated to the player. Any any of that information and but, and that's not great.
0: Going back to the pipes there, that is one of the things that was really nice about the game. So your you two pipes, you could choose to go through and choose what the next level was, whether you went for mission two or mission three. And initially we thought, oh, it's quite good. It wasn't you clear no that wasn't clear that was only through the fact that i went through the second pipe and you went through the first pipe that we figured mm. that out and then we then thought oh, okay this is a game where you can actually bypass mission two completely what happens is you go from mission three to mission four and then end of mission four there are three exits that take you back to missions two or three and you have to have cleared missions two and three before the third exit for mission five opens up again that's not made clear at all so i was then going down these pipes and okay i'm going about this yeah. mission what, what am i actually supposed to be doing now and then eventually i realize oh, i'm supposed to have to clear these in the missions in order for that to to open up which just makes sense i, I mean initially we were really applauding the the branching nature of the game the fact that that was quite quite you know this came out in 1990 um no other games were doing that at the time it was all very linear and then it turns out that actually this is also linear just in a, a a more open way if that makes sense
1: well just in a more confusing way
0: yeah needlessly confusing yeah. because it could have just been mission 2 mission 3 mission 4 done and on to yeah, mission 5 it's
1: not branching at all it's just confusing no. um it gives you it's, it gives you the illusion of choice mm-hmm. and we get too much of that already f- for it to be in our games come on although saying that actually illusion of choice is a massive massive part of games any- anyway one of the biggest illusions of choice games um i think i can think of is Noir, which everyone you know was super super into and was like oh yeah you get to decide whether to interrogate them or be nice to them and all that and it, it none of it actually was meaningful
0: or because you had to go through the interviews in the preordained way in order to actually get the information yeah. you needed to
1: yeah it kind of puts me in mind of that like cool yeah you uh,
0: who would have thought during an episode on james Ponds would have been referencing Alenoir.
1: I mean, they're both bad games, so... All
0: right. And while we're on positives, or at least while I'm on positives, I thought James Pond himself was really characterful. That's a nice little bobbing about as you moved, his tail fin yeah. was going as as she went. It was looked quite nice. In general, and I
1: think the animation, the, the the art and animation was fairly characterful and colourful and and I did enjoy some of the animations of the enemies as well. When you when you collect them into your bubbles, which was reminiscent of Bubble Bubble, uh, I felt. Yeah. I don't know which one came first, but they, they sort of struggle to get out, and they they they're shadowed so that it looks like they're they're captured, and they struggle to get out. And I thought that was quite a, a nice little animation. Um, there are multiple nice animations throughout the game on both James Pond and and the other the enemies
0: and i also realized i must have played this game an awful lot because playing through those levels to, uh, tonight levels two three four i was you had to pick up in one of the levels the second one you had to pick up dynamite and go place it at the bottom of the oil rig to to Good. blow it up yeah. and picking up the dynamite i really 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 remember the icon for the dynamite and what a strange thing to be lodged in my memory but um there you go that's how memories works so i suppose
1: uh yeah in weird weird way weird
0: weird ways yeah my daughter was talking earlier actually about something. What was it? And she was said it like... It was
1: Cadence of Hyrule.
0: It well, it was Kenzo Hyrule's, but as well as that well. like, there was something she was saying about how I remember doing that. I was three, I was stood here, I was eating this thing while we were talking about it, and like, I said to her like how isn't it so weird that your memory can this exact time and place and what you were doing, what you were eating, um I can't remember what the memory was, which kinda of makes the a bit useless, but they Was it trauma? No, it wasn't trauma, it was a good memory. Anyway mm. like, Long, long, I mean, story, long story, I didn't read. <laughs> memories, eh?
1: We didn't talk about Bill Hader on podcast, did we? On, on Mike?
0: No, we talked about it before, Mike.
1: Yeah, but there's that. So you, you mentioned before we started recording about Bill Hader doing a thing, but he was also in Inside Out. Mm-hmm. And there's that idea of the key memories or whatever.
0: Yeah, the core memories. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So maybe maybe that's one of your daughter's core memories.
0: was just oh i can't remember it
1: i've got bits like that like i I wouldn't be able to conjure one up right now but certainly there are things that they sometimes flash in and you go well i was three and a half riding on the red tractor
0: i suppose in in the first half i I talked about i talked about being eight years old playing a borrowed copy of this on the mega drive eating treacle tarts there you go perfect example
1: yeah that is a perfect example yeah it's weird
0: anyway on on to the negatives of the game then uh yeah
1: bugs
0: yeah well are are there bugs or are they just weird quirks of the game so the the most egregious one were in the third mission there are these invisible enemies that you didn't know were there until your health started going down and started depleting and then the enemy it was a jellyfish would then suddenly pop in okay i've just been murked by this this jellyfish i don't actually know was there Seems I never unfair. saw a
1: jellyfish. You, you saw a jellyfish pop in. I never saw a jellyfish. I just randomly would lose my life. There was there was multiple moments where I'd get stuck in position, and right,
0: so I didn't get that. I mean,
1: though the the thing is that's that is kind of an issue in so much as you're right. Maybe they're not bugs. They present as bugs. There there was firstly on that stage. Um, there are these mushrooms that are peppered around the stage they act as teleport uh points so you can you can teleport between one set of mushrooms and another and it'll take you to a different part in the stage i passed over this mushroom and popped up somewhere else and it felt like a bug it it, it felt it its presentation was bug like
0: yeah, you were very confused by i've touched a mushroom i've i've gone somewhere else you got very confused yeah
1: and then the rest of the stage was exactly the same. Like there were there were these invisible mon- uh, invisible enemies that you're saying were jellyfish, although I have no, vi- I I have not laid eyes on a jellyfish, so I can't I can neither confirm nor deny on that front. But there was also like these bombs that just seemed to randomly go off around the mm-hmm. stage. There was the fact that I kept getting stuck in <coughs> what felt like little eddies or flows or something in the water and maybe they were trying to convey the sense of being underwater and it being sort of moving you around maybe I had, something like that
0: i had that but the rig it, level towards the e- i was trying to get the exit and that happened so i had to kind of loop back to try and try and get the exit again just felt it was there arbitrarily
1: this wasn't so much sort of taking me in a psych- in a circuit or anything it was just sort of in in a certain spot my yeah, character right. would move around there there was um there were ceilings so there were like platforms above you and 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 therefore a, a form of ceiling and if you bumped up against those it felt like like the camera um had a a spasm of some kind and that was happening all over the place there was a bit where i teleported through a wall and i'm not sure that that was I think that was genuinely a bug. I don't Sounds think like that it. Can, be a, it can have kind of been anything but a bug. Um, but yeah, it, it the fact that I don't know what was a bug and what wasn't a bug is maybe an issue.
0: Well, the the, the artist- and I think it's a quirk rather than a bug thing that I found about the game was the, when you're touching something that is an enemy, uh, something bad for you. So for example, in the second one, you've got toxic waste. In the third one, there's a a ship that's drilling down and this this drill pops out and then goes back in and comes out and retracts. As soon as you touch any of those things, your health just depletes constantly. It goes down quite quickly and that made it difficult to navigate because you're kind of looking at all these environmental hazards and trying to avoid them as much as possible rather than just simply sailing past them which would make the game a lot easier and then you also have the yeah. good situation with the bonus areas where you're in these bonus areas picking up hoovering little things to get points which the same as in the second one robocod just little i think they're mm. kind of things that you'd find underwater which i thought was quite a nice touch so like it was like cups and boots and um it's like i was, I was doing a, a rap beat then boots and cats uh, i'm
1: pretty sure there was an oil yeah in, like, just... a jar of oil
0: yeah, I think it's things that you know, suppose like you know, people chuck into a river or the sea oh, or what have okay. you. But in those bonus areas, your, your health was constantly going down, which then made me not want to go in them because I'd be losing my health. But then I'm supposed to go in them because it's a bonus area, and I've been trained to go into them as a as a, a game yeah. player. Um, yeah, weird dichotomy.
1: I suppose that was the point, like a tension between. Going in and trying to hoover up as many points as possible, maybe, and and losing some life as a as a payment for that. I'm not driven by points, so this isn't necessarily the best game for me. There are only very few uh, games that I think points feel like prizes. Um, Tony Hawk games are one of them, where I very much do go for the big number, big number, good uh, approach. But certainly platformers, I think this passes for a platformer. Yes. Platformers, like Mario, yes, it has a point system, but who's actually focused on, I'm, am I going to get yeah. 900,000 points in this level or not? I don't think very many people. And the way it's I'm playing specialist it is... interest.
0: I'm playing it as someone who's exploring the game and wants to get every, yeah. understand every area and how they all interlink. And then suddenly I'm in an area that I'm being punished for going into. felt very strange.
1: Yeah. I mean, for, certainly for you and anyone that's playing in your way, that that will feel bad. Like, actually be bad. That, that, again, bookwise, wise you were talking about... Um, different obstacles or M- M enemies that will take away your health. I had some moments where there were like, it seemed to be, and I might again have got it wrong or it might have been a bug or, or or what, I'm not really sure, but it seemed to be that sometimes certain enemies would damage you and then other versions of them wouldn't. They're, the The example I can think of is that in that stage four, there were these little weird underwater sunflowers that were like vampire flowers did you see those yeah sometimes going near those seemed to damage me and then sometimes they didn't and i i couldn't wrap my head around whether they were bad or or benign
0: and, and i found that weird that it's, it's a little yellow flower like you think that'd be nice why why would that damage him
1: yeah hmm. and it was just it, again it was just set dressing it was just it was just part of the stage it didn't it wasn't active it was just there. There were these little pods that were popped around various different stages. And they, if you went near them, they were like an instant kill. But they did—they again, they look completely benign. Things they that exploded. Like anything. Yeah. 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 There was no signal that this is bad, except for when you go near them and you die.
0: Yeah. And oh, we didn't see any mermaids, so we couldn't comment on the... Uh,
1: ain't no mermaids. You bern- found out, though...
0: I was watching a, a Let's Play video on YouTube just to kind of understand how to actually get to that fifth level because the whole thing with the pipes and going round in circles, uh, I, I ended up in a level, well, it, revisiting a level I'd already cleared, but this time there was this creature that was wearing a yellow raincoat that was following me underwater and everywhere i went it was following me i just didn't understand what it to do at all horrible so i ended up watching a, a let's play just to understand what the sam had to do to get through the game and um in the the comment section it said i mean it was the amiga version but it said that the 11th level is one where the map spawns randomly and it and there is a way for the map you have to get to a mermaid in order to progress through the level and there is a version of the map where the mermaid spawns in an area you can't actually get to so is therefore you completely snooked if that happens so going back to your yeah. point about bugs all over the place there you go yeah so you know in a sort of summation i really enjoyed the first level uh shame about what came afterwards
1: yeah it definitely feels like a game born out of a certain time and a certain way of approaching making a game and it, it has definitely done some things well presentationally it it did a decent job mm. control wise did a decent job but overall the package is just for me frustrating and annoying and I, I'm afraid to say a little bit boring like I, I'm just not I'm just not driven by the points. Thing and I nah. wasn't, I wasn't wrapped. I wasn't wrapped by the objectives of the stages. They were boring. Fetch, fetch quests. Go left to right on this stage. Go up and down on this stage.
0: But avoid absolutely or touching absolutely everything along the way while doing so.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well. Um, in a bit of a light end of the tunnel, this was followed in 1991 by, as we talked about the first half, James Pond 2 Robocod, which I remember being absolutely massive. It was everywhere.
1: My only experience of it was at Jason's house, so I don't know. I don't know. But I, never... I mean,
0: I'm mean, in mean slightly tongue-in-cheek with that. It's, it was a game, so I had it on the Game Gear, and we also ended up second secondhand or something ended up with a copy on the mega drive as well but it's i remember i mean the game gear version i played a lot i really 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 enjoyed uh, Robocop yeah. on the game gear but it's it's in a, it's a strange game in that it's had legs because it ends up game ported onto loads and loads of consoles including between you know the the, the, the mid nineties on the game gear and mega drive it's been ported to the PlayStation 2 PlayStation 3 the DS the Game Boy advance just name a handful it is currently at the time recording available on the Switch you can buy it for £10 off the Switch eShop why Don't. is in 2023 why are people why why is there enough demand for James Pond 2 RoboCod for it to be available on the eShop? I mean I remember it being a great yeah. game but but not you know, especially it's, it's £10 as well, just for frame reference as well.
1: £10 is way overpriced for, for that game. I wouldn't want it to pay £10 even then. Mm. I, I'd liken uh, James Pond to... James Pond 2. I'd liken James Pond 2 to a hybrid of Little Nemo, if you remember Little Nemo. I do, yeah. And Rollo to the Rescue. If yeah. you get those two games and smash them together, James Pond 2's born out of the mess.
0: Well, I- interesting on that note, actually, uh, James Pond appears as a cameo in Roller to the Rescue.
1: What? Really? Yeah. They, is it made by the same people, then?
0: No, I mean, we, we, we might have talked about this during our Roller to the Rescue episode. I don't remember, because I don't remember... Well, no, I do remember seeing it at the time, actually. So they're, they're by completely different developers, but I'm guessing it's within the british gaming scene that there was that crossover there so there's a a bonus if you google james pond rod the rescue it comes up with a screen and i remember it from the game where james is flying in his little spaceship which he play, which he appears in Mm. sorry in the third game operation starfish which came out in 1993 Mm. Uh, that is what he is in in rod the rescue i think it's a bonus stage or something so uh right that's cool
1: the the art styles of the two games um I feel like they share a lot of DNA, and I don't Completely. know if that's an art style that was synonymous with a particular platform or not. But um, yeah, they they definitely feel of
0: They're a kind, quite, quite chunky,
1: yeah, and cartoony and mm. and colourful and yeah, interesting.
0: So, so there you go. So, those James Pond trilogy. Um, over the course of 1992 to 1993 there was also aquatic games which was a sports spin-off in 1992 i'd never heard of that it no strikes me as being something a bit like um maybe like diddy Kong racing or something where they're trying to create a bit of like uh, a, a wider james pond cinematic universe with with supporting characters possibly
1: yeah great just what yeah. we need
0: and then from 1993, nothing happened with James Pond at all until 2011. I'd never heard of this before. There was a game. I said in the, in the first half, listening out for the Harry Potter reference. In 2011, there was a oh James no. Pond, a James Pond Endless Runner came out on the iPad and oh the no. iOS called James Pond and the Deathly Shallows. Oh no. <laughs> So I watched a video of that on YouTube it uh, it was received really badly when it came out and I mean and 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 this runners on on my cup of tea anyway it's um it looks how you'd imagine it would it would play
1: Righty ho! And then in
0: 2013 oh, no. no no it's 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 not going to not going to how you think okay. in 2013 okay games where europe who had acquired the license for james pond in 2003 uh, insert your own license to kill or license to spill uh, gag there they launched a kickstarter called pond is back in in 2013 with the backing of chris sorrell who's the original designer of james pond yeah. and it was cancelled after only a couple of weeks due to a lack of funding it, it had only amassed 16000 of its 100000 pound target and chris wow. Sorrell said he, he said we're going to we're going to pull it because um, we should have given you more to go on rather than just the promise we should have given you a bit more you yeah, know maybe some gameplay or some level signs or something we didn't do that we're sorry we're, we're going to pull this um, but, but james pond will be back we're now 10 years after that's happened and james pond has not been has back has not been
1: back but yes. who who
0: will see Who will see? Well, I mean... Who's who? I I think you're probably right that that is that. So, if you do want your James Pond fixed, then, as I said, Robocod is available on the Switch at the moment. This one, however, the original James Pond is not available anywhere at all at the moment. Good. Yeah, probably a good thing.
1: Oh, well, thanks for bringing it. I mean, I don't think it's as as catastrophic as you expected this to be, maybe, because you intimated that you thought I was going to hate this.
0: I, I thought, I think I'm sort of conflating, I'm sure we talked about James Pond before, but I think based on my understanding of how you felt about the second one, I thought that would mm. bore, uh, would bear fruit into this one as well.
1: Okay. I, I mean, I don't think that I will like the second one when it comes around. I don't really think that I like this, but it's just a bit nothingy. Mm. I don't really have any f- feelings, strong or otherwise, on it.
0: The second so. one, that, as I said, I, I really enjoyed. I'm genuinely quite looking forward to playing it at some point, but we're not going to do it in two weeks. I'm not going to do one of those things where I, I link the games together. So fear not.
1: Is is March now James Pond month or
0: something what, what, like that? What?
1: Have you replaced the old Monkey Island? With...
0: <laughs> well, th- so there's the four games. I, pl- I played the first, second one, Operation Starfish. I've not touched aquatic games i'd never even heard of so don't worry you're safe it's uh it's just going to be Thank james bond Christ. 2 at some point in the future and that'll be that so
1: i'd i'd have to agree to play james bond 3 and aquatic games wouldn't i because it would be on a on a multiple, multiple ten. 10 episode you'd have to not, and gonna, and happen. I, not no. gonna happen not gonna
0: happen as soon as i froze that i imagine it would get shot down in in flames
1: yeah yeah you're right cool thanks uh, thanks chris
0: you're welcome well thank you for listening getting all the way to the end of a episode about james pond hopefully you've enjoyed it if so come and let us know on social media facebook twitter instagram and youtube and like share subscribe rate and review please it'd be really nice if someone did thank you
1: yes please thank you sounded like begging to the end it's always begging that's what podcasts are right begging yeah thank you for sticking to the end um you've done a good job to get here although I had a pretty good episode pretty good episode everybody yeah yeah Um, we'll see you again next week bye farewell